It's the 7 o'clock hour, and you're listening to the Morning Blitz. Oh, are we on the air? Sort of, yeah. Rick Corey. That's right. Had... Keep trying to get out of it. Brees Hulse. <laughs> Bryce Hulse. I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> Coming to you from the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio on the Blitz 1170. 6.54 here on that very same Blitz, Blitz 1170. Spit that out, Rick. We're in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. Speaking of the Oilers, we do something called the uh, Blitz Upgrade. At every Oiler home game, buy yourself some tickets. Doesn't matter where they are, and especially those maybe higher-up seats. We'll call some seat numbers and take you from those seats right down next to the ice with the Blitz Upgrade here from the Blitz 1170. We're not that far away from Oilers football and the opening of the Wee Street Ice Center, which still working with them to get us to go out there and, and, and be there for a preview. I know Carly said she and Cliff were going to go out and see if they can get somebody to film them trying to ice skate. Oh. <laughs> I hadn't mm. thought about that. I couldn't play ice though. football. I could, yes. I could just lay in front of the goal and be the goalie because I'll take up the space. But past that, no, I've I've actually, you know what? I've never had ice skates on. Me neither. I've never gone ice skating. Never have. You've gone roller skating? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've done that. I prefer that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think ice skating would go my way. Well, have you ever seen somebody fall down and get hit by a skate and get cut? Uh, no, I've, I had a... Uh... A friend's brother that ended up getting like he, he was okay, but he got hit like right across the mm-hmm. arm one time, and, and you get pretty, pretty severely bad. cut. Yeah. I've never been cut by a roller skate. Mm. I'm just making my point. So, <laughs> six fifty-five here on the Blitz eleven seventy. Still to come. I've got this survey that uh, the NFL gives their players, and it's pretty fascinating. I want to get into that a little bit later on. Plus, Ryan Aber, our OU insider, at seven thirty. Right now, it's time for us to unleash the monster that is with a Jabberwocky that is Bryce Hall's. Fire up Huey Lewis for a trip back in time. It's today in sports history with Bryce Hulse on the Blitz 1170. Brought to you by Triad Eye Institute. Now grabbing the back of a Jeep while on his skateboard, it's Bryce Hulse. A fairly condensed version of this day in sports history, February 29th. 1940, Detroit's Cecil Tiny Thompson becomes the first goaltender in NHL history to play 40 or more games or 12 straight seasons. 1952, Ice Dance Championship at Paris, France, won by Westwood and Demi of Great Britain. 1956, the Cleveland Indians are sold for nearly $4 million. The team's present general manager and former player, Hank Greenberg, is one of the new owners. 1964, North Carolina high school basketball teams played a 56-54 and score in 13 overtimes. 1964, Cincinnati's Jerry Lucas and Oscar Robertson combined for a rare 40 and 40 performance as the Royals beat the host Philadelphia 76ers 117 to 114. NBA MVP Robertson has 43 points, Rookie of the Year Lucas with 40 rebounds. 1972, future Baseball Hall of Famer, Hall of Fame fielder Hank Aaron becomes the first player to earn $200,000 average annual salary, signs a three-year deal with Atlanta Braves after one of his best seasons, a 3.27 batting average, 47 home runs, and 118 RBIs. 1976, American driver Richard Petty wins the only Winston Cup race run on Leap Day, taking the Carolina 500 at Rockingham by two laps over Darrell Waltrip. 1980, future Hockey Hall of Fame right wing, Gordie Howe scores in the third period to become the first NHL player to score 800 career goals as the Hartford Whalers beat St. Louis Blues 3-0 at the Springfield Civic Center. 1992, Boston's Rays Ray Bork becomes the third defenseman in NHL history to score 1,000 career points with a goal and two assists in the Bruins' 5-5 tie with Washington at the Boston Garden. And 2012, newly acquired Pirates pitcher A.J. Burnett 
fractures an eye socket when he fouls a ball into his face during a bunting drill. He'll undergo surgery in two days and will be out until April 21st. Birthdays today, February 29th, 1944, John Nyland, former Cowboys guard. 1968, Bryce Pop, former Packers and Bills linebacker and one of two sports people that is the reason that I'm named Bryce. 1976, Terrence Long, former A's outfielder. 1976, Vontigo Cummings, former Warriors guard. 1992, Eric Kendricks, Vikings linebacker. And 2000, Tyrese Halliburton, Pacers guard. And that is This Day in Sports History, brought to you by Triad Eye Institute. All right, so it re-explained the why you're named Bryce? Uh, Bryce Pop and Bryce Drew are both the reasons why my parents got that idea from. Uh, <laughs> they were like, you know what, we should name our kid Bryce. Now, is it because they were fans of a particular thing, or did they just like that name? I, th- I think they just liked that name, and Bryce Pop was one of the guys that gave the idea, and then... You know, Bryce Drew making this making the shot for Valpo sure. back yeah. in the spring of '98 in, uh-huh. here in Oklahoma, or yeah. in Oklahoma City. So, yeah. All right. See, so now we find out something new almost every day. All right, 6:58. That's a look at uh, this day in sports history. Let's get some not sports. Uh, you know, normally I would start this with a Florida man or a Florida mm-hmm. woman, but in this case, it is a California woman. They've named her Babe the Barbarian. <laughs> mm. Now, this is at Venice Beach. And uh, I, I, you know, when my family and I go out there generally in the summer, we won't be able to go this summer, which is the first time in a long time to California. We've been through, we've driven through Venice once because, you know, Muscle Beach is close and all that. And it's kind of one of those things you kind of have to do, right? Uh, just to kind of look and see. But I don't stay, we don't stay up in that area very often. Uh, it is different up there. I will say that. It's, um, you ever been to South Beach? No. Miami? You drive down South Beach, that's kind of what Venice is a little bit like that. There's some different people there. So the Babe the Barbarian has got a baseball bat, and she is chasing around another woman, except Babe is naked. Oh. Uh, and, I mean, she is full-on naked, and mm-hmm. uh, it's blurred, but okay. Now, the <laughs> woman she's chasing is easily twice her size, and they both end up with sticks and baseball bats, and it really does look like a Schwarzenegger movie. <laughs> and there's there, there's video of this all over the place. That there was no word if there were substances involved or how the fight started. That always but, makes sense. Yeah, but it is... It's entertaining. It actually is entertaining, I will say that. Yeah. Did you? Speaking of naked, did you know there's going to be a reboot of Naked Gun? Oh, I was thinking Naked and Afraid at first, but yeah, I'll, I'll take Naked Gun. Well, I would have been uh, <laughs> Naked Gun. Now, remember, of right. course, Leslie Nielsen, right? Mm-hmm. And we all know that. But it's going to come out in 2025. Do you Have you heard the story? No. Okay, so then take a guess who's going to play the role Leslie Nielsen played. Which, by the way, you can't replace Leslie Nielsen. Chris Pratt. That's a good guess. No, you'll never. <laughs> Liam Neeson. Oh wow! <laughs> now I, I, he's got a wicked sense of humor. As a matter of fact, I saw him on a on a, t- a clip of him on a talk show not long ago, and they were talking about you know Taken and his speech and Taken. Yeah, you know, I've got a very se- particular set of skills. Mm-hmm. And the the guy in the audience stands up and goes, "Can you threaten my friend?" <laughs> or I think he said, "Can you threaten me?" And he goes, "Yeah, what's your name?" <laughs> and then he went into the speech and did it to the kid right there in the audience and everybody just kind of I mean it was an acting class that was yeah. there and they just lost it i thought it was great so it's supposed to come out uh, on the 18th of july this year um it is going to be produced by seth mcfarland 
So oh. you know there's going to be some you know, some weirdness Zombie. in that. And that, of course, came originally from Zuck, uh, the Zucker brothers and Jim Abrams. I uh, do not see others who are going to be in it. I just know him. And, yeah, as much as you can't replace Leslie Nielsen, yes, I'll go. Mm. <laughs> I absolutely will go. Or I'll watch it when it comes comes home, either one. Uh, do you see that the, the chief super fan, Chief Saholik, has pled guilty now to the bank robberies? Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear Probably. his attorney's speech? Heard it on two pros a little bit before this. Yeah. Oh, all the horrible cliches. Horrible. If you know what? If that's I, I hope that's a public defender. Because yeah. if that is somebody you paid for, you were overcharged, yeah. buddy. His Holy. pocket was collapsing. Exactly. He, like, okay. he faced the pressure. He rushed the... Oh, my Lord. The guy just said, look, he's guilty of like seven state bank robberies, including... Didn't one happen in Bixby? Pretty sure he yep. came through Bixby and knocked one off in Bixby as well. And the guy just said, yeah, I did it. And they're going to base trying to get him off on football cliches. Uh, Remember yesterday we told you that Wendy's had this plan to do what they called surge pricing? That's That's where they would charge you more at certain times of the day. So if you were going to go to Wendy's for lunch, burgers were going to be more expensive than they would be at 2.30 in the afternoon. We talked about that yesterday. And, well, if you think the public doesn't have power, the backlash on social media alone was enough. Wendy's said, kidding, kidding, not going to do that. No, no, no. Early April Fool's No, right. Never thought, no, that was just, we talked about it. And they have backed off completely now and said, nah, not going to do that. So that whole, quote, unquote, dynamic pricing is what they were going to call it, which basically is robbery. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's that's what it is. For instance... Gas in Oklahoma City is two sixty nine. Gas in Tulsa is two ninety three. Mm. Huh. One of these things is not is like, not the, like other. the other. I wonder why that might be. Mm-hmm. Huh. We all know. Mm. Uh, and if you don't, <clears throat> think about it. At any rate, uh, again, robbery. Uh, but they've said, no, <laughs> they're not going to do that. Uh, Wendy's now has drawn that back. Now, because the announcement was made initially and because this has been talked about, it's going to happen at some point in some way. But as mm-hmm. to how, and they would probably be a lot more quiet about it next time. I think so. Yeah. It, it's Isn't it pretty nice these days where we can just bully large companies into what we want sometimes? Well, I hate using the word bully because I don't like that. But, um, I, but I'll the pub- use it. The public response did have something to do with you yeah. saying no again even though i think it'll probably happen eventually but you know you gotta i then at that point though you probably i mean unless you just are locked into a certain time when you could go most of us i think maybe i'm wrong are somewhat flexible enough that if they change their pricing at 130 you could go at 145 Mm. Might be late in the day, but you could. I mean, I would think. I, I don't know if that's the case or not. I was sad by this. Richard Lewis passed away, uh, yeah, the comedian, seventy-six years old. Um, he was, you know, he was on Curb Your Enthusiasm, and mm-hmm. he had many. He was in a lot of different movies. He had Parkinson's. He was diagnosed um, um, last April. Uh, last time he appeared was on season twelve, I believe it was. Uh, and you know he had none of his starring roles in movies, you know, were ridiculously you know successful. But I always liked him. He's one of those guys, a lot like Albert Brooks. He played paranoid so well. <laughs> You know, that, I mean, that really was what he played. That's really all he ever played, you know, in the, the sitcom with, was it Helen Hunt? I think in the mm-hmm. sitcom where he was really, really good. Uh, but he he always had, he, he always did that. Yeah, ABC sitcom, Anything But Love, right? Uh, but that, that was with Jamie Lee. 
Right. And Ian Beloved was Jamie Lee. But he plays he plays neurotics. He played neurotics really well. And he was I thought he was really always funny. Dead at seventy six years old, which I you really hated to hear that. Uh, all right, so let's get to some birthdays, shall we? Uh, Tony Robbins. <laughs> hey. Motivational white toothed Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. Guy's got a lot of teeth. He is sixty four years old today. Jesse Usher from Independence Day. Uh, resurgence is <laughs> if I say Independence Day Resurgence, how many people go? Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, <laughs> he's 32. Uh, Antonio Sabata Jr. is 52. Shane Johnson from Behind Enemy Lines is 48 today. Musically, Ja Rule is 48 today, and uh, let's see, uh, Chris Conley of Saves the Day is 40. 706 here on the Blitz 1170. That's it for not sports. Although, when we come back, I want to play a little bit of Troy Aikman. So it's not sports because it's beer, but then beer is kind of sports, and then Troy was definitely sports. So let's just say it's it's a little bit of both. Troy Aikman was here in the building yesterday talking about his eight beer. There's a can of it in the room where Bryce is. He can't drink it in there because that's against FCC rules. Mm. There's a can of it in here. I can. That's not against <laughs> FCC rules. I'm not going to, though, because I have a long day. At any rate, we'll let uh, uh, Troy tell the story, as he did yesterday to the News on 6, about that beer and what you can expect as it comes to Oklahoma. We'll do that next here on the Blitz 1170. First, let me tell you about Overhead Door Company's commercial division. That is uh, Frank Sanders, Jr., and let me also tell you about Overhead Door Company of Tulsa's residential division, which is, oh, by the way, Frank Sanders Jr. That's the good news. Frank Sanders Jr. and the commercial division has acquired the residential side of Overhead Door. Now, you know the name Overhead Door. It's been in Tulsa since the 60s. That's when Frank's dad brought it here. Uh, and at that time, they did everything. And then they started specializing commercial doors because it is a harder thing to do. And almost no one was doing it right. So they specialized in that for the longest time. And then Frank Jr. thought, you know, I think we want to reacquire it. So they started the process, and he's now reacquired the commercial, pardon me, the residential division. Now, why is this important to you? Because if you go to any street in Tulsa, you're going to find an overhead door. It might have been put in in the 70s, and it still works. It's the operators still work. The doors still work. You know what? They last. But it is something that's happening these days with, with doors. They are changing the way they're insulated, the technology involved, the openers and closers and the kind of things you can get with those, the operators that you can use from your phone and get in with the keypads and all those things. And if you don't have one, you're going to have one sooner or later. Now you have overhead door company of Tulsa, the same standards, the same experience that they've had in commercial for decades on your side residentially. And when I talk about a door, they are so cool, they can actually make your house look better. Plus, the technology has improved so much, too, just the way they're insulated, uh, the way they're seated and sealed. You're going to be able to save money by not having that air rush in and out. So all the things that you've counted on on the residential or the commercial side, all that expertise they're bringing now to residential as well. And so think about getting it refurbed. Think about it getting it replaced. You know, you don't want to mess with those springs. You don't want to mess with those springs, but they will. You need a brand new opener and closer. You want the new technology? They'll do that too. Need it reseeded? Is it groaning and moaning as it goes up and down? As we get near spring, let them fix it. All that can be done now under one moniker. You go to overheaddoorcompanytulsa.com. That's all you have to do. Go to overheaddoorcompanytulsa.com and you'll find commercial and residential. The Blitz 1170, your new home for Dan Patrick. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. 
The OU men's basketball team fell to the eighth-ranked Iowa State Cyclones 58-45. Rivaldo Soares was the leading scorer for the Sooners with 9 points. Next up for OU, they'll host former Sooners coach Kelvin Sampson and top-ranked Houston Saturday night at the LNC. The Oklahoma State Cowboys lost to UCF 77-71. This guarantees a losing record in the regular season as the Cowboys fall to 12-16. John Michael Wright led the Cowboys with 22 points. Next up for the Pokes, it will be at Texas on Saturday. And the Oklahoma City Thunder carry a six-game winning streak into San Antonio tonight as they'll take on the Spurs. Oklahoma City is 2-0 so far this season against San Antonio. Tip-off for that one is at 7.30. That's the Wonder World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. Always do. You can also hit us on the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. Someone's just done that. I'll get to it here in a second. We're in the Tulsa Oilers studio. That is Bryce. I am Rick. By the way, the Oilers win their home on Sunday. And they don't have many home games left. I think it's like three or so in the last five weeks. So uh, when they're home on a Sunday, you can do Sunday fun day. That means you can rent skates or take your own, and you can go skate with the players on the ice on any Sunday home game right after it's the Sunday fun day from the Oilers and the Blitz 1170. So somebody texts here. It is from phone number 5404. That said, Wendy's is offering free lunch on February 30th and 31st to make up for yesterday's press release. (laughs) Have you read that? I don't know if that's true or not. We don't have 30 and 31 days in February. Oh, 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 sorry. You know what? (laughs) You got me. (laughs) What an idiot. I'm thinking about three things at once, and I see that, and I thought, well, they can't. All right, Woody. That was Woody. Oh, Woody, you clown. That was good. Yeah, he got me. That was good. Oh, geez, what an idiot. (laughs) I mean me. 7.15 here on the Blitz 11.70, and I'll step aside to let somebody who's a lot smarter than me talk. Yesterday, Troy Aikman was in the building. Alyssa Miller from the News on 6 had a chance to talk with him in the Coca-Cola Southwest patio. And You know, when Jeremy Poplin came in, and we were trying to get some time with him, too, and they literally took him in a side door, sat him down, did the interview, unclipped his mic, and took him right back out the side door. Might as well have had the Secret Service with him. Or it was really <laughs> close to that, yeah. And I know the, the time Jeremy had a chance to actually visit with him, and that was before the Henrietta Music Festival that he put on last year, they told him, you have exactly seven minutes. No longer. You have exactly seven minutes. Mm. As though the phone would just go click at seven, and maybe it would have. <laughs> I'm not really sure. So yesterday he was in and out pretty quickly, and, and Jeremy was in here, and he was kind of waiting to go over there. He goes, I forgot how big he is. Uh, he's you know, Aikman's not a small guy. You know, quarterbacks oh, yeah. in the NFL aren't anymore. Well, most of them, unless you're Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. anymore. And and he was talking about his fitness and how much he likes health and all those kinds of things. So here's Alyssa with some Troy Aikman yesterday from the News on Six. You obviously have Oklahoma ties, which is why you're coming here. This is your launch for eight beer. Tell me a little bit about this product. I know you call it the cleanest beer, right? Yeah, we launched two years ago in, in Texas. Uh, so, yeah, we're moving now into Oklahoma. But uh, the beer is uh, a light beer. It's 90 calories, 2.6 carbs. We use only 100% organic grains, antioxidant hops, and we have no adjuncts or cheap fillers, which means we don't add any syrups, sugars, sweeteners, corn, rice, like all the other beers that are on the market. So it, it truly is the cleanest, better for you beer that's available, and it tastes fantastic. You know, a lot of these light beers that are low calorie, low carb, are kind of watered down and don't have much flavor, and that's not the case with eight. So uh, it's done really well in Texas. Thrilled to be coming into Oklahoma, and uh, I think uh, the people are going to really enjoy it. 
Well, obviously the name eight is towards your number. You were number eight with the Cowboys and with UCLA, 18 at OU, but that's fine. Yeah, that's right. Um, so talk about your experience in Oklahoma. I know that you, under Coach Switzer, he actually helped you yeah. get a job here in Tulsa, which is kind of your introduction to the beer industry. Yeah, my, yeah, my first foray into the uh, beer business was the summer of 1986. Barry uh, hooked me up with a guy who had bought a distributorship here in Tulsa, and, and I went to work for him that summer. and. Uh, built displays and delivered beer and called on retail accounts and all that and so uh, my first introduction into the beer business and and um, little did I know that all these years later I'd be making my own beer and um, that distributorship is is no longer there but uh, LDF is here in Tulsa and they're gonna be distributing our beer uh, here in this market that's awesome well and tell us why a clean beer I know you're a former athlete so Sports in your lifestyle must have something to do with that. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I've always been real mindful of, of what I put in my body, and, and you know, I'm, I'm borderline obsessed with my health, and, and yet I still enjoy taking a break and, and enjoying life's moments and small victories and time with family and friends, and just wanted to make a beer that that complemented that, and I just didn't feel like there was anything that was on the market comparable to to what we have, and so. Uh, we partnered with Oregon State, came up with the recipe for this, and, and as I said, it's the cleanest beer, and it's one you can feel good about it. We add no corn, rice, syrup, or sugars, or sweeteners, and it's, it's really for people who put in the work and the effort during the week, which is, you know, most of Oklahoma. I learned my work Absolutely. ethic when I moved here from Southern California, and so uh, it's a natural fit for us to then be coming into Oklahoma. All right, so where can people find your beer? Well, it's it's everywhere, quite honestly, but uh, you can go to 8beer.com, spelled out 8beer.com, put in your zip code, and it'll list the stores that are available near you that are carrying it. And if it's not, if someplace that you frequent a lot doesn't have it, uh, be sure to ask for it and let them know that you want it. All right, I actually already saw it at the grocery store, so definitely go get a case for yourself. Back to you guys. <laughs> a, a case. Boy, Alyssa's excited about that. Go yeah. get a case for yourself. Now, that's part of what the, uh, of the interview. There's another part of it here. And quite honestly, I'm not sure how much of this other part is just taken from the first part, but let's just listen to see. Uh, so, Alyssa, because when they do the interviews, they cut that up and do several different things with it. And there's some of the stuff here that I think is still going ongoing a little bit differently. So let's keep listening. You win three Super Bowls, you want to celebrate. There wasn't a beer like this during that time. No, no, there wasn't. Uh, but I, I, st I still drank plenty of it. I, I will say that. Aikman's journey to the NFL and the beer industry started in Oklahoma. I moved to Henrietta when I was 12 years old, and I actually worked at a, a beer distributorship here in Tulsa in college one summer. The lessons Aikman learned growing up in the Sooner State stayed with him. I really love this state so much of of who I am and what I am uh, was shaped during my time in Oklahoma and uh, learned the value of hard work uh, and the, the rewards of that. That's why he's bringing his beer across the state line. This beer is really for those people, so it's a natural fit that, that we are here in Oklahoma. Eight can be found in beer coolers, breweries, restaurants, and grocery stores across the state. And unlike some clean products, Aikman says they didn't compromise on taste. We didn't sacrifice flavor. Uh, and yet we made a beer that people can feel good about uh, without all the added junk. 
Yeah, I feel there's a little bit of different stuff in there. Right, so we've heard the stories, and we kind of know what he's, you know, what what it is he's after. So I, while we were on the air there doing that, I went to eightbeer.com and just typed in, you know, like a zip code around here. And according to this, you can now get it everywhere. Um, but what it's showing me on the left side, oh, it's got a ways to buy online. Uh, and some of that makes sense, the specs and the, you know, and the total wines, which are all over Texas. They're everywhere down there, Kroger's and HEB's. But here in Oklahoma, let me see here. Get a little closer. I'm going to go out near my house. And let's see. So they have it at Jameson's. They have it at Quick Trip. They have it at the Lodge on Main. They have it at Booze Brothers. There's a new liquor store <laughs> up the store from our house called Booze Brothers. And it makes me That's laugh. Great. There's one in Eureka Springs uh, right across from the only McDonald's. And, or not right next to the only McDonald's. And it's the it's one of the two liquor stores there. And it's called the Booze Brothers, which always makes me laugh when I see it. Uh, there's a Quick Trip out in another Quick Trip out in Broken Arrow. Um... Let's see. Yeah, Reesers. And so it, it does look like you can probably find it really right about now almost anywhere if you want to give it a shot. So Maybe I'll grab it for my golf outing on Saturday, Rick. Uh, are you working or, or actually golfing? <laughs> I'm actually golfing. I don't do that on the clock, Rick. No, no, I know, but I didn't know if maybe you were uh, – I, I, when you say outing, since I know yeah, you work at a course, sometimes I you know, figure that's you might true. just take a few swings while you're out there. I mean, heck, I don't well, see why not. So you're playing the same course you work at? Yeah, yeah, I am. Does that get irritating, or do you do you play it and look over there and go, "I got to fix that. I got to do that. Why did you do that? <laughs> hey, put that back there. Get back over to the bunker." The, the the parts that I always think about are just now. It comes to points where I go to a certain hole and I are, I'm already going ugh because I just know what usually happens on that one. I don't I don't really think about like the repetitiveness too much about it because I'm like there are members that have been here for you know twenty plus mm-hmm. years who just do it over and over again, right? So. It's 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 free though, so you got you got to take it. Well, I, oh God, yeah, I, I yeah. understand that. I just didn't know if if that in that opportunity you have to play if it, like you'd want to branch out and go to say La Fortune or go to somewhere. Oh different. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll do that every once in a while with some buddies. Been to La Fortune and uh, yeah, other you, courses. You know, speaking there. of La Fortune, we need to call over there and talk. You know, after Pat McGrate died, which was just mm-hmm. tragic. Yeah. Uh, I know that the the young man who took over for him was right behind him and was and learned from Pat and. You know what? What they have done at La Fortune has been unbelievable. Pat just did such a good job of rebuilding things over there, mm-hmm. and I know there's a lot to this because it's not as simple as the county runs the course and they hired Pat. There's a management company and and that's involved in all this, and there were still some things going on there. So you need to find out where that where that is because quite honestly, if you were an average person here who didn't have a country club membership, that's where you went. Yeah. A they had a par three. B, they had lights. Yeah. And there are very few of those in the world. And, you know, growing up, I didn't know that. But my Mm. friends and I would go out there in high school and play at night. Mm. I say play. We were horrid. But, I mean, go out there and tear up the greens and tear up the bunkers. And, you know, I mean, not on purpose, but we're just that bad. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could almost plant crops when we finish. (laughs) We were so bad at that. But that's where you went. And then if you occasionally thought, you know what, I'm going to play the big one and play the 18, then you'd spend nine hours trying to find your ball, and you would go out and where how many you would lose during that time, and you'd go out and do that. So that's kind of where a lot of us grew up if you were actually doing that and didn't have a country club membership or didn't have somebody who occasionally would get you into a place like that. And, yeah, you could do the same thing at La Fortune, or pardon me, at Mohawk. 
And my friends and I did that a little bit too, a couple yeah, of times. I still, still want to play there. I never played there. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that course. There's just something about it. And it's not so much, it's not because I'm a golfer, because I'm not. I only played out there once. And again, I was just ridiculously bad. And I was probably 17. But I mm-hmm. love being out there. I had a, a um, biology teacher who used to take us out there. I took summer school the whole time I was in, in high school on purpose so I could graduate early. Um, and so I took things in the summer that I could get ahead of so that in my senior year, I only had two classes. And Dang. then I had to go to a third class because if you didn't do that, you couldn't compete in six-hour athletics. Uh-huh. And that's when it was. So I had a third class, which ended up being like teacher's aid, which took me all the way to sixth hour. And then you could you compete. And then as soon as football was over, I dropped it yeah. because I didn't need it. I had two classes, and then I went on to work. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to get done early. So I, I did that. And I, but he took us uh, every summer. I took his class because he was three different classes, but it was always biology and science-based. And he would take us out there, and we would actually have class on site at Mohawk and at the park out there. And we would do things that were nature-involved, you know, learn about um, – yeah, that's how I can still identify tree leaves because he huh. taught me way back then. And you'd do the bug collections or we would observe. And I, so I spent a lot of time walking around Mohawk, the park, and the and golf course. The course yeah. yeah, and I just loved it. I just lo- And, you know, it, it was really suffering. And honestly, I haven't been out there in a long time. So if you have been and you can tell us how it's gone, I hope they've been refurbing. I, I, I think I really so. Do. I think they were the course that they had. I mean, they had it pop up on, like, news stories and stuff, mm-hmm. how badly they needed certain... Um, well, that one in uh, Out West... Um, Oh God, I'm 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 forgetting now. But anyway, I know that there was a lot of that that had been done. Ken McLeod was telling us about it, and I know several of those had been uh, had been looked at. And I I really hope that was the case. But mm-hmm. it really is fun to to see you know somebody like Aikman come back through here with his beer. Uh, it's fun to see that you get a chance to go out and play golf and maybe take that can of beer with you. Yeah. That's what I'm. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll make it a seven pack, right? So. Well, I I know this. I know that if I were to go out and try to play again, I would have to drink heavily, uh, and for me, drinking <laughs> heavily would be a beer. But I'd have to drink heavily just to get myself in the mood to try, because I don't I hate and don't make the joke, but I hate doing things I'm bad at. And I am bad at that. I mean, beyond bad. I'm worse at that than I am at this. I stink <laughs> at golf. And I hate doing things like that when it just frustrates me that I can't be better. And I don't mm-hmm. have the time to try to be better. So I, I'd rather go watch and make fun of people. So it's, it's a little bit easier when you can just shrug and then take a swig and just keep, keep, keep on going. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Look, all I have right here next to me right now is Powerade Zero. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the only thing I have at this point. So does it not frustrate yourself. you when you hit a bad shot? Oh yeah, yeah, and that and that's that and that's why right afterwards you hear, you know, <laughs> it's 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 time. So yeah, me 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 and my friends aren't uh, we we know our limits, so do we you? try to yeah. we try to just build each other up and realize, hey, we're just out here having fun. We're man. just going to do the best we can. Yeah. and We realize we all stink at it. Mm-hmm. Seven twenty seven here on the Blitz eleven seventy. Uh, you know what? <clears throat> if you're listening here, and well, if you're not, it wouldn't matter. Nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. That's the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. What is your best and worst golf score? And do you care? I mean, you just get out there to, to, for, the, for the three or four hours outside and you just kind of, you know, putts around and that kind of stuff. I've seen guys, guys I've played with in my life too, they would have been, they'd hit a bad shot. They just go pick the ball up and throw it back <laughs> just to get it somewhere. You've ever seen the dude get down and 
pool shot the putt, you know, that kind of yeah, yeah. thing. I've seen that <laughs> multiple times. So I, I guess we're doing it just to be outside. What's your best and worst score or your best and worst memory? That would be fun. How many clubs have you broken? How many have you thrown in a pond? <laughs> Huh? On purpose or it, accident. Well, yeah, and, it, and it, look, either way, I, mean, I think we could have ourselves a hell of a time with that. Uh, coming back, we'll switch gears, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, Oklahoma softball, baseball, and spring football coming up. There was news with Jacob Lacey. Looks like he's going to have to retire because of blood clots. Our OU insider, Ryan Aber, is next right here on the Blitz 1170. Don't look now, but the Blitz is on TikTok. Follow along at the Blitz 1170. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The OU women's basketball team are back-to-back Big 12 champions after beating third-ranked Texas last night 71-70. It's their 12th win in the last 13 games. When the Sooners were down 70-68, it was Lexi Key's three-pointer that made the difference. Rebound. Keys for three. Good! Wow! Lexi Keys! And the TU women's are the TU women's team are tied at top of the AAC standings now after beating Temple 76 to 67. Tamara Poindexter and Delaney Crawford combined for 54 points. Next up for the Hurricane, they'll host SMU on Saturday. And Caitlin Clark continued her record-breaking quest as she passed KU legend Lynette Woodard for the major college women's basketball scoring mark in Iowa's 108-60 win over Minnesota. She is 18 points away from Pete Maravich's all-time record for NCAA men's and women's basketball. That's the Window World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Blitz 1170 weather provided by Community Care, your locally owned health plan. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. We want you to do that. It's the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. As a matter of fact, uh, Woody got me a little bit earlier on that one. Sorry, Woody. <laughs> and I, I tried to respond to him, and I can't. It's not letting me respond. Even if I type something in, it says... You can't do that. You have to have text in here. Well, I'm looking at it, but okay. Anyway, Woody, nice when you got me. 734 on the Blitz 1170. So much to talk about right now with our OU Insider. Ryan Aber joins us here on this Thursday. And, man, I'm not sure where we start, but I guess we should start with the uh, the lack of being able to throw it in the ocean last night for the Sooners up at Iowa State. Not, I mean, that's a good basketball team. We know that. But did you expect anything like that? Yeah, not at all. But to to uh, shoot, you know, south of thirty two percent, just three of seventeen from beyond the three point line is just uh, head scratching. It's it's incredible uh, to to think that they they held Iowa State to just thirty three percent shooting and and still lost by thirteen in a game that uh, wasn't. You know, you you think if you hold. Lipsy and Gilbert to a combined 424 that you should be able to at least be really close at the very end or, uh, you know, winning pretty handily. But, uh, you know, OU just couldn't get it done last night and um, just a really disappointing loss not to go up there and, and lose to a team like Iowa State, who's as highly ranked as they are, but, uh, you know, just the way it happened has to be disappointing for uh, Porter Moser and his team. Yeah, and I, I'm wondering, is is that kind of a microcosm of the year? I mean, it, you know, suddenly really good, and then, you know, win that game, the Bedlam game, with, a, with just a tremendous clutch shot, 
and then this kind of an egg right there. I mean, I, I get the important Porter, Porter seems to still be kind of up and forward and all that, but is this kind of this team? Yeah, I think certainly since Big 12 play began, that's been uh, the way that they've been, and, and they haven't been able to find any level of consistency there. And at this point, uh, you know, it's it's almost too late to think that, that, that any will come. So, uh, you know, they've got uh, a chance to close strong there with obviously Houston on Saturday is going to be a really uh, tough, uh, battle for them and, and the return of Kelvin Sampson and all that. But, uh, you know, after that, Cincinnati and Texas, and they really need to uh, certainly need to win one of those. But, uh, you know, it would uh, be really good for them to win at least a couple of them to uh, feel solid uh, going into the tournament, not only about their place in the tournament, but, you know, the seed uh, that they're going to get. Ryan Abers with us from the Daily Oklahoman. He is our Oklahoma insider here on the Blitz 1170. And as a matter of fact, something you just mentioned is what Bryce Hulse wants to talk about, Bryce. Yeah, Ryan, I wanted to ask, you know, what do you expect uh, the overall reception will be when Kelvin Sampson returns to the LNC on Saturday? Yeah, I think it's going to be a positive one. I mean, I think, uh, you know, people remember what what he was able to do with this, this team and, and to, you know, lead them to, you know, pretty, pretty good heights. He, he certainly wasn't uh, Billy Tubbs in terms of personality <laughs> or style or, uh, you know, the way that fans uh, gravitated toward him. But, uh, you know, people, even though the style could be criticized some, uh, the, the uh, system that he uses and used, uh, you know, he had success with it. And that's uh, certainly more than they could say for uh, a, a lot of the time since. Uh, you know, clearly this, this program has had it had its moments since uh, Kelvin Sampson left, but hasn't been able to have that same. Uh, well, other than uh, you know, some during Lon Kruger's era, hasn't been able to have that same sustained success that uh, Kelvin Sampson had with the Sooners. Certainly, you don't expect this team will play like they did played last night. But what do you expect? This is a really good Houston team. Yeah, it really is, and I, I think it's going to be really difficult for them to to hang in there, especially with uh, you know some of the the injuries that they've had, the the things uh, you know you you look last night that Porter Moser makes his first uh, starting lineup change of the year, putting uh, Rivaldo Sores in there and taking Otega away out, and away doesn't have a, a great not that anybody had a great shooting night really. The Sores had a decent one, but outside of that, but no way one for five. I think it's going to be really difficult for them to find a way to, to hang into this game. When you look at everything that Houston has from top to bottom, you know, LJ Cryer, the, the year that he's having and uh, Jamal shed and, and on and on, uh, just their depth, I think is going to make them uh, really difficult for the suitors to, to handle. But OU has hung in there with, uh, you know, some, some really good teams, uh, to this point, uh, but uh, it's it's hard to imagine a path for them to uh, pull this one off. All right. So, what is the what's the best scenario for this basketball team down the stretch? Realistically, this going to be a grinder again of a Big Twelve tournament. We've proven that with Kansas losing UCF and BYU winning at you know in Lawrence. I mean, Houston's been pretty consistent. Uh, I say that they've had their moments too. What's the best MO for this team during the tournament, you think? 
Well, I, I think it's just going to be about matchups as so much is in, in college basketball. And I, I think it's really, uh, as long as they don't get Kansas early, because I think Kansas is just an awful matchup for them. Uh, you, you feel like you've got a chance now, maybe outside of, of Houston and that the, the uh, uh, consistency, like you mentioned that they've showed in general. Uh, so it's just going to be about matchups, and but they they need to find a way to uh, I think win at least one of these three last three games. It'd be really helpful if they could somehow find a way to win two uh, and and win a game in the tournament, just to get themselves maybe out of at least that eight nine range and potentially that seven ten range to set yourself up to at least have a chance to advance out of that first weekend. A couple more moments here with Ryan Aber, our OU insider from the Daily Oklahoma, and we'll find out what he's writing for Oklahoma here in the next few minutes. But there again, there is just so much to do. Last thing is about basketball before we move on. Do you see growth? Do you see momentum? You know, we're having the same conversation about Oklahoma State. There's some people who believe that Mike Boynton's team is just stagnant and it's not going to change. I don't really see that in Oklahoma, and Porter's still at it is fairly new compared to Mike. But do you see the kind of movement, the kind of what you hope to be progress that gives you hope for the future for the team to continue to grow and get better? Yeah, I think there's no doubt about it when you look at uh, what they – were last year what they they uh, sort of morphed into this year the success that Porter Moser has had in in going into the transfer portal with guys like uh, Soares and um, you know I think if a lot of people would have been told hey they're going to be uh, right there on the the, the cusp of they're probably going to be in the NCAA tournament with three games to go um, I think a lot of people would have would have taken that. Uh, with this team and the expectations that they had this year. Now the growth hasn't been, uh, you know, enormous and they've still got some pretty big steps forward that they need to take. But at the same time, you look at what they're going into next year in the sec and it's not nearly as deep as the big 12. So if you can take some steps forward, you could make a pretty dramatic step forward in terms of where you are standing wise in your conference. Uh, next year uh, in the Southeastern Conference versus the Big 12 and what it is now. Yeah, that SEC is good at the top, uh, not so good at the bottom, there's no question. Let's turn for a moment to football. The news yesterday about Jacob Lacey more than likely retiring because of blood clots. He had a problem with it last year. They cleared him to play, so I think a lot of people might have been surprised by this. Brent Venables calls it devastating. What will it mean to that program if Jacob is truly out like we think? Yeah, and, and he actually announced on Twitter about an hour ago that that, that was going to be the case, that uh, uh, he's had a couple of pulmonary embolisms uh, in the last year, and it's just too too dangerous for him to uh, continue to try to f- play football. And it's a, a big loss for him, not a or big loss for the Sooners, uh, certainly for him as well. Uh, just, just really tough for a guy that uh, – was really embraced by this program. And, um, you know, even though his staff, you know, don't jump off the page at you, he, there was a lot that he did, I think, both on and off the field that really helped to, to elevate that defensive line and uh, to, to not have him uh, next year when they, they really hope to have him is, is really tough for for him and for the Sooners. They've got some uh, – 
some younger players who are going to have to step up and uh, you know play much bigger roles uh, next year without uh, Jacob Lacey in there. Yeah, with Gentry Williams being gone for the spring with Labrum, uh, big deal, not a big deal. Yeah, I think uh, think you know not as big a deal. Gentry Williams has some some experience, so I don't think missing the the spring is going to uh, set him back uh, too much. Uh, now they they need to take advantage of it with those guys that are going to get those extra reps, uh, taking some steps forward back there. They really need to build some depth on that back end, and you know sometimes we've seen it help in depth building when you've got a guy who you know what his role is going to be, uh, who's out in the spring. We saw that on the offensive line a couple of years ago with when Creed Humphrey uh, missed a, a decent amount of time. So we'll see if uh, they do that again, are able to do that again with uh, Gentry Williams out. And let's uh, we'll just one moment get into softball because we obviously have the opening of Love's Field tomorrow. When's the last time you were down there? Uh, I actually drove by it yesterday. Uh, on the way to, to Lloyd Noble Center. And there's a lot of work still to go. <laughs> it's uh, sort of hard to think when you look at it that they're going to be ready to play in, in you know, uh, whatever it is, uh, 30 hours or so. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're really working hard, working around the clock to try to make that happen. It's still going to be a work in progress when it opens, but at least the uh, field level and the seats uh, we'll be ready to go for sure. And uh, I know it's a really exciting time for, for OU softball fans to be opening uh, and the program itself to be opening uh, Love's Field finally. Now, yesterday, Patty Gasso got pretty emotional talking about Marita Hines Field and what that has meant to her and her program. And I think you get an idea of how much this does mean to her when you watch that. I'm sure for you who's been around her more, that's probably not a surprise. But there's a moment there yesterday. It was pretty touching, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. And, you know, we're uh, sitting right there next to the field, and she looks out the window at uh, uh, the, 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 the playing surface and, and just teared up. And, you know, it's this program has come a long way, and that's actually what I'm writing today, is this program has come a, a long, long way from when Patty Gasso got there. They mm-hmm. were playing over at Reeves Park and having to, <laughs> uh, you know, clean up the beer bottles from uh, <laughs> the, the, the adult softball games the night before and before they could practice to Marita Hinesfield, which is, you know, a, a really still a solid facility for, for uh, a college softball program, but not at the level that uh, they need to uh, go into a palace at Love's Field and, and all the room that they're going to have, the extra team meeting room, the extra fans that are going to be able to uh, come and watch them play, just going to be uh, you know, going to go from a sort of a middle-of-the-pack stadium to uh, no doubt the best stadium in college softball. So she uh, she's pretty emotional thinking about all the people who helped that uh, happen, Marita Hines, those uh, players from those early uh, teams that uh, only played at Reeves Park, the players from the 2000 team that uh, won the national championship and helped them become what they are now. So uh, it's going to be a, a really, a really cool moment on uh, Friday not only open the stadium, but to, to have that dedication before. And I know there's going to be a lot of uh, former players around for that. Yeah, it should be great. What's going to happen to Hinesfield? 
Yeah, they're not a hundred percent sure yet. They're going to have to keep it, uh, you know, pretty close to what it is right now because the OU is going to have to use it for the locker room area, if nothing else. And yeah. Probably going to use it for practices for much of this season. But uh, you know, after the season, when they fully get moved in, they'll uh, get a a better sense of that. It's not going to surprise me if it winds up being a, a parking area just because of the needs of that area and the fact that, uh, you know, right now people for softball are going to be parking over at uh, Lloyd Noble Center mm-hmm. and uh, they're going to have to close the street between uh, the Lloyd Noble Center and, and Love's Field. But, uh, you know, we'll see what they ultimately uh, decide to do there. Yeah, it, 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 I, you know, it, it, you hate to see it, it, but you know it's important to move on. And, and when you have that kind of history, it uh, hopefully at least something, maybe a plaque in the ground, you know, at the end of the day when it's all said and done and it becomes parking day, you know what happened here, the history began. All right, so catch Ryan Aber in the Oklahoman, and you'll catch that as he just mentioned about softball and where we're headed. Hey, in, enjoy out there tomorrow, and let's make sure we go diving together this summer. Sounds great. I would uh, certainly love that one. Yeah, we appreciate it, Ryan. As always, and have a good one. You too. Ryan Aber, our Oklahoma insider from the Daily Oklahoma, 749 here on the Blitz 1170. You know, it is important, Bryce, we talk about Jacob Lacey and important we talk about spring football. There's no question in football rules to roost. But it's hard not to pay attention to what they've done in softball and what they're doing down there. And Love's Field, I've only seen, you know, the the, the videos and the pictures and things. But, right. man, you talk about so well-deserved, and I can't imagine it does anything but increase. I mean, people want to play here to begin with, and now you have this. Hmm. So, oh, by the way, you get to stay in the – you get to have the best park in America. At the same time, you have the best program in America. That doesn't stink. So what's funny about what Ryan was saying was, you know, Marita Hines Field is not a bad college softball facility by any means, but it's just at the level that they've been at, you know, you need to uh, adjust where you're playing at just a little bit. Yep. It is 749 on the Blitz 1170. All right. Um, The NFL Players Association uh, sends players a survey every year. And this survey is about how the team – does certain things. For instance, how good is your locker room? How good is your training room? How good is your training staff? How good is your nutritionist? Uh, how good's the food in your cafeteria? How do they treat your family? You might be really surprised by some of the responses, and we're going to get to some of them when we come back next here on the Blitz 1170. You can take the Blitz with you everywhere you go. Get in the game everywhere with the Blitz 1170 app. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The TU women's team are tied atop the AAC standings now after beating Temple 76-67. Tamara Poindexter and Delaney Crawford combined for 54 points. Next up for the Hurricane, they'll host SMU on Saturday. The OU men's basketball team fell to the 8th-ranked Iowa State Cyclones 58-45. Rivaldo Soares was the leading scorer for the Sooners with 9 points. Next up for OU, they'll host former Sooners coach Kelvin Sampson and top-ranked Houston Saturday night at the LNC. And the Oklahoma State Cowboys lost to UCF 77-71. This guarantees a losing record in the regular season as the Cowboys fall to 12-16. John Michael Wright led the Cowboys with 22 points. Next up for the Pokes, they'll be at Texas on Saturday. That's the Winter World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holse on the Boots 1170 and streaming on the Boots 1170 app.